up world your past first point guard and blazer beat writer mike richmond you listen to another episode of locked on blazers part of the locked on podcast network available wherever you get podcasts today's episode is a very special one we are joined by denver nuggets beat writer from dnvr harrison Wynn. harrison how you doing i'm doing great mike thanks for having me recovering from from last night's game and in a third quarter that I think took around 40 minutes, but recovering, doing well, ready to uh, ready to see where this series takes us. Yeah, you know, it was a bad refereeing night when when both sides, when Portland fans and Denver fans are both like, these guys suck, get them out of here. Um, and everyone was mad. No, no one had a good time. Yeah, it, it was that third quarter, man, that. That that took forever because the game actually it started earlier. It it wasn't the eight thirty uh, at least local start right. here in Denver that it was in game one. It was eight, but it still ended later. I was still getting texts from my girlfriend at like twelve thirty. Like, when are you coming home? You said you're going to be home earlier tonight. I was like, well, yeah. um, I can explain. <laughs> Jason Goble didn't didn't allow for it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That might not that might not be a good sell. Um, before we get into like the nitty gritty, what are just your thoughts two games in? Uh, what are your thoughts like sort of the overarching takeaways two games into this series? Well, I thought it'd be a long series right out the gate. I picked yep. Nuggets in seven and it definitely seems like we're heading to six or seven games. And we've we've seen a lot in these first two games. We've seen Dame absolutely catch fire like he did in the first half of game two. And I mean, I was in the arena last night. That was one of the best just shooting stretches I've ever seen live. That was freaking ridiculous. Um, yeah. We've seen Nicole Jokic just be absolutely unstoppable like he was throughout really the entire regular season. Um, we've seen role players have their moments. So I still think this series is like a 50-50 call. Um, I think it's going six or seven. I'd still probably take Nuggets in seven, but... I think we're in for the long haul, and we saw it get a little physical last night. I don't think that mm-hmm. was by surprise if you, you know, heard what the Nuggets had to say after game one and how they wanted to ratchet up the physicality. So, yeah, I'm Monty excited. Morris called his shot. I, I, yeah. I heard the Monty Morris quotes that I knew it was coming. Yeah, they wanted that. So, um, I'm hyped. I, I love the matchup. I love the history between the two teams. I love the rivalry. So, I, I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I guess are you are you emotionally prepared for four overtimes coming up? <laughs> Even if there's no Rodney Hood, have you like have you gotten yourself like physically and emotionally ready for a four overtime game? Oh man. You know, the craziest thing is like if a double overtime or triple overtime happened with these two teams, I wouldn't be shocked. Like these team, right. two teams at times are so evenly matched. Like Damon Jokic can go shot for shot. I I could see it. Yeah, well, luckily for Denver's sake, Rodney Hood is uh, you know no longer employed, and it'll be I don't know Mello or someone. I guess he Mel- I guess Mello is the Rodney Hood equivalent now, which is probably disrespectful to both of those gentlemen. We were actually thinking about this before the series, me and the DNVR crew, like who would be the Rodney Hood of this series, and it's definitely Mello. It's definitely Mello. Yeah. yeah. Which is uh, a cruel twist of fate. If it does end up that way, that is a cruel twist of fate. Um, you wrote a story today on uh, on DNVR, your the the website you work for, the media company, media conglomerate. I would say cultural conglomerates, Denver sure, sports yeah. culture. Um, 
it's uh, about Aaron Gordon's moment has arrived. And this was the big wrinkle in game two, right? Uh, Damian Lillard went nuts in the first half, like you said. And then uh, basically just before halftime, they said, we got to do something a little bit different. And then, and then after halftime, that different thing was Aaron Gordon. What were your impressions about, um, about AG's defensive, taking that defensive responsibility against Dame? Yeah, it was impressive because like I said, what Dame did in that first half was one of the most ridiculous shooting stretches I've ever seen happen live. It was unreal, the types of shots he was hitting. And the Nuggets pretty much went to locker room after Dame had hit eight threes and Aaron Gordon approached Nuggets coaching staff and said, I got him. I want to guard Dame. And so the plan, at least according uh, to Gordon after the game was, all right, we're going to put you on Dame for the first couple possessions, see how it goes, and we'll kind of evaluate as as the game goes along. And he came out in the third quarter, and it seemed like his length, his size, it was obviously something that Dame hadn't seen across the first one and a half games. And it kind of bothered him. It threw him off a little. Um, it, it seemed like Dame got a little hesitant. He, you know, obviously... Couldn't get off that step back the couple times he tried against Gordon. He did hit one three on Gordon in that second half, but it was just a completely different look. And look, like Dame's going to get his. I don't think the Nuggets and Aaron Gordon are going to shut Dame down for the rest of the series by any means. He'll surely adjust and Portland will find a way to get him going. But it was a really interesting wrinkle. I don't know if I expected it because at least throughout the season, we always envisioned Aaron Gordon as a guy that the Nuggets would put on LeBron or Kawhi Leonard or Luka, those bigger right. wings, not a Dame Lillard, a point guard like that. But he he had a really impressive defensive half. So curious to see what happens in game three. Yeah, there, there's some wrinkles that go sort of beyond that that I feel like where where the Blazers can exploit it. But at least in the individual matchup for the first night, for the first 13 minutes or whatever we saw of it, maybe 17 minutes, uh, it was really good, like uh, undeniable. Uh, this It worked out. It was kind of always the thing that I thought uh, Michael Malone would go to because when you look at the roster, it's like, well, does he put Shaq Harrison out there for 40 minutes? No, like it can't be Falco we saw in game one. Like that's just... That's not a good matchup for Denver. Uh, he tried Austin Rivers in the first half, and I even thought Rivers was good. Like mm-hmm. watching the game, I was like, "What well, Rivers?" I was like, "Wow, he's being really competitive." And yeah. then you look at the box score, but like, yeah, well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Um, but, but it like felt like it, just like eye test. I'm like, yeah, he's been much better than Falco just in terms of being like physical, and 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 that that's really helped. And like, and he's just bigger. Um, Falco, as someone who's Falco Composito's size, I know how it goes. Um, <laughs> so like, I. I th- I think that was like I, when I was previewing this series, that was like, I bet they'll try it, but how much will it work? And I guess so far, so good. Uh, the wrinkles that I that that caught my eye and I, I'd be curious what you think about this is that it pushes everyone down. Right. Like so uh, you get Rivers is going to go on uh, Norm on Norman Powell and you're going to get Falco Campazzo on CJ McCollum. And I thought Campazzo really did a good job on CJ McCollum. And you'd think like, okay, that's where you go as your advantage, right? Like, okay, you, they, they took, they put the the littler guy as he's a really good defender, but he's always five foot nine. Right. Um, so like you, you, you put him there and like, okay, this is going to be CJ's time to shine. And I, I really thought CJ struggled a little bit with that matchup. Do you think you saw it the same way? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the box score right now. McCollum, 13 points, 
in the second half. I don't know how many of those came on Campasso, but um, it's definitely a better matchup than than the Lillard one because when Lillard just like creates that space on the step back, like like you said, Faku's right. five foot ten. Maybe like maybe he's five foot ten. Maybe he's actually more like five foot eight. Uh, he, he just yeah, dating profile five ten for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, he just can't cover that ground. Um, and Gordon can. So yeah, I, I think that's a much better matchup for for Faku on McCollum, who's not quite as quick, doesn't have that, that as quick of a first step, but can obviously still score. And yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how Denver goes forward in the series, because look against all great players, you got to throw them different looks. And right now the Nuggets can throw Faku, Austin Rivers, Aaron Gordon, and Shaq Harrison at Dame throughout a game. So they've got a lot of options and Shaq Harrison actually kind of under the radar um, showed Denver at the end of the second quarter that, okay, we can actually stop Dame. He's not invincible. We, we can actually get stops against this guy because he came in. It took eight threes for him to come in in the uh, in the second quarter. But he came in and got three straight stops uh, right before halftime and really just like smothered Dame at the end of the second quarter. So he showed Denver it was possible. And then uh, Gordon kind of finished yeah. the job. So I, I think they'll continue to move a, a bunch of guys around on him probably. Yeah, I think the other thing is, well, one, I thought the final two minutes of the first half were the most important two-minute stretch of the whole entire game. The Blazers had done all that work to cut it to four. Uh, they, you know, Jokic comes in and hits a three, gets another bucket, and they go on an 8-0 run to close the half and go up 12 and uh, didn't, you know, and, and had a little breathing room when, when the Blazers had done all that work to erase a first half where they couldn't stop them. And then they had a second half where they couldn't stop them. So uh, <laughs> tough, tough combination there. I thought that was key. But the other Gordon thing is if you don't have, if you put Gordon on the ball, like if you put him as a point of attack defender, you are missing your best weak side defender. And the question yeah. for me is, can the Blazers take advantage of the, of if you don't have your best help defender, if your best help defender is now Michael Porter Jr. or something like that, or Jokic to some extent, but like those guys, can the Blazers take advantage? And so far, not really. I mean, the Blazers problem wasn't offense in game two, but no one stepped up and filled that void. And we'll just see what they, if they can in game three, if if we get more of that ag on dame look yeah totally um it, it, i mean it's going to be a huge test for like michael porter on the backside of the nuggets defense from time to time and look a lot's already been made about his defense this series and you know, he's come a long ways as a defender from where he was in the playoffs Absolutely. last year where utah really picked on him in the first round and then we saw in game one dame kind of picked on him a little bit also so there's gonna be more pressure on him uh, there's going to be more pressure on Nikola Jokic on the backside of the defense. And they just like got to rotate. And there was that um, Faku Kimpaso rotation. I put it on Twitter right before we jumped on uh, this recording, actually. Um, I think it was, yeah, it was on one of those Shaq Harrison defensive plays on Lillard right before halftime. But he like rotates all the way over uh, to Carmel in the corner. And just this incredible... Uh, weak side rotation and close out. And like the nuggets are going to need stuff like that uh, routinely, you know, if they're going to stick Gordon right. on, on Lillard, like you said. 
Yeah, totally. I mean, it's 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 a test for everyone else. Like, I think um, I don't think either of these teams can guard each other very well, but it seems like the Nuggets have more answers. Like the Blazers maybe just can't straight up straight up can't guard the Nuggets, period. And they're going to have to score 138. But they're capable of scoring 138. They're pretty good mm-hmm. on offense. Um, let's cu- I, I got a couple more questions for you. I want to talk about Streetball Paul. I want to talk about the way the Blazers have tried to handle Nikola Jokic or allowed Nikola Jokic to be so good uh, in the second segment. So that's, that's what we'll do when we get back. But first, let's talk about Locker Room, the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes in real time. your favorite sports team or your favorite sport in general i'll be hosting the locked on blazer show once a week yes you can join me on the conversation you listen to every day i like locker room a lot i've been using it for closing in on two months it's basically live radio except for you can jump on board and join me in the conversation there's a little chat feature so you can write in your questions or if you want you can ask to speak i'll bring you on stage and we can have a little back and forth if you know if you've disagreed with my opinions or you want to get your questions answered uh this is a great great place to you know respectfully disagree or to ask me questions in real time so here's what you do go download the uh, the locker room app right now it's available on all ios devices and it's in beta form on Android devices. So if you have a mobile device, you can get it. Uh, Be sure to create a profile, link to your Twitter if you have one, join the NBA group for the latest league updates, and follow me at Mike G. Rich to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live this week on Wednesday at 6 p.m. So catch me there Wednesday, 6 p.m. on the Locker Room app. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Blazers and this series as we head into game three. See you there. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, we're still chatting here with Harrison Wind, Nuggets writer for DNVR.com. We talked about how the biggest wrinkle in game two, how how the Nuggets decided to guard Damian Lillard. It was a game-changing move, and Aaron Gordon was really, really, really good. Uh, but I want to talk about a couple other things. I think, uh, you know, the, the Blazers couldn't stop anyone, um, anyone in a Nuggets uniform last night. But in particular, Streetball Paul, my man, Paul Millsap, um, one thing I love about Michael Malone is he'll, he calls everyone by their full names. So Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray had a you know Aaron, that was all Aaron Gordon is what he said in the post game. <laughs> so I love I love the full names from Michael Malone. So I won't call him Streetball Paul. My man Paul Millsap went nuts, dude went nuts. Fifteen and seven in fifteen minutes. Um, turning back the clock, the difference in the game is going to be role players. It seems like, and we'll talk about Nikola Jokic in a second, but like. The two stars are going to be really good. Both games have been defined by who gets hot off the bench. How much confidence do you have in a repeat performance from Paul Millsap or Monty Morris or just or sort of the Nuggets um, parts that don't start? Yeah, the craziest part like with Millsap is I've got a lot of confidence he could do this again because he's done this throughout the year against bench units. Mm-hmm. He's been the starter for this team for the last couple of years. He obviously moved to the bench this season when Aaron Gordon got here and um, like, look, he's just naturally going to look better against bench units and against starters. Um, He's getting up there in age. His athleticism has gone down a little bit, but the guy can still get buckets. The guy can still go into those weird post-ups where he's kind of feeling the defender and goes into this one legged off balance (laughs) runner where he'll get a foul call and sometimes he'll get the end one, but he'll just like get to the line. He can still do that stuff. And against the Blazers' second unit, Portland, 
plays a lot of small ball. Usually it's just, you know, Enos Cantor and then maybe Mello or um, uh, Covington or, or another uh, small forward out there who's playing the four. And Millsap can post up against those guys. He can crash the glass. That was another thing. Millsap had seven rebounds last yeah. night in 15 minutes. So he he can control the glass. And so I think Denver's actually got an advantage with him at, at times against Portland's bench. Yeah, I mean, it's the, Bla- the Blazers trio off the bench is like comically bad on defense. Um, it is what it is, but it's every Simons, Carmelo Anthony and S. Cantor is about as bad a defensive trio as you could dream up. Um, they're bad at they're they got a bad forward they got a bad center they got a bad guard I mean it's just every flavor um, too slow not strong enough um, disinterested all of it you you name it they got it um, I you know and in game one uh, the that those bench guys did what they do right like Mello scored a bunch and when he scores a bunch they're hard to deal with um, it just you just saw kind of what when he doesn't score a bunch, when he has a bad offensive night, they have a real weakness and they're uh, and that real weakness can manifest itself in letting uh, Paul Millsap and at all really give them the business. Uh, I think the Blazers should go small against smaller against that group. Like I don't think Ennis Cantor, I think Cantor should play really sparingly and only when they need to rest Nurk and have him guard Jokic. Now he's got filleted by Jokic. Like he's just been absolutely torched and Jamal Murray is loving it and just celebrating it so much when, when poor Ennis Cantor gets torched by Nikola Jokic. But in some ways that's part of the Blazers game plan, I guess. Um, or at least style, but I think the Blazers should go small. Like I think they should play either Rondé Hellas Jefferson or Derek Jones off the bench and just have a have a all six foot nine team against Jam- that Jamichael Green Paul Millsap front court. Have have other teams you've seen tried to go go small um, against that Nuggets second unit this season? Um, that's hard to say. Um, I don't know offhand. I think it'd be a good a good move for for, for the Blazers to to try a look like that out as well because sure. I don't think Cantor is really going to work in this series. Like, yeah, he'll he'll get on the offensive glass a little bit. I mean, he'll score a couple buckets if you give it to him. But I, I just can't really see that working. Yeah, I mean, he's been really so, bad in the first two games. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's any way around that. He's he's averaging yeah. three and four in 16 minutes. Like, he's and he's a he's a production guy. Like, he doesn't he. You know, it's like some guys like what he does doesn't show up in the box score. What Ennis Cantor does shows up in the box score. He's a production guy. If he doesn't have it, you know, he's not doing anything else. Yeah. And and with Denver's bench, I mean, they got Monte Morris running point on their bench unit. Monte, who, you know, could be a starter for a lot of teams. And he's might be like the Nuggets uh, fifth best player right now. And he's coming off the bench because they're just rolling with the Camposo Rivers backcourt. So, yeah, I think it's an advantage for Denver in this series. And I'm with you. Like, Portland, they probably got to try something different. Yeah. Uh, they. It's. I mean, I just don't think, you know, they, they lost the Jokic bench minutes last night. And I think that's going to be a key yeah. to the series. They were, uh, Denver outscored him by nine when Jokic was out. And really, they, he out, they outscored him by 13. But then he came... <laughs> They uh, they made some meaningless baskets to, at the end of a fourth quarter blowout, like before both teams uh, really waved the white flag for real. It was um, it was Denver plus 13 for the for, for, through the first three and a half quarters, basically. And like 
Blazers are going to lose every game if if that's the numbers. Like if they get if they get beat up and they're and they're getting outscored by double digits in the in the Jokicless minutes, it's over. Right. Like you don't who cares? There's no math you need to do. Uh, Dame played as well as you can possibly play, and they lose by 19 because when when the other stars on the bench, they lost those minutes. Like that's that's to me that is the simple equation here. Yeah, totally. <laughs> they got a uh, 63 combined from Lillard and McCollum. Yeah. Like they, they got a lot from their starting backcourt, but the the problem is they can't stop Nikola Jokic. Yeah, let's like they absolutely cannot. I mean, he was 15 of 20 last night. Yeah. 15 of 20 in a playoff game, in a super physical playoff game in only 31 minutes. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market. That's what it is. And that's what they do. It comes in nine delicious flavors like coconut, coconut, almond, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. Uh, you know what my favorite flavor is? You do if you've been listening, but I'll tell you again, it's peanut butter brownie. Uh, I, I like the little brownie textural element. Uh, I love peanut butter and chocolate. It just, it rocks. Uh, all the Bill Bar flavors are good, but that is my favorite one. If you want to figure out what your favorite one is, here's what you can do. You can go get a mix box. You'll get two of each of those nine flavors. You can try them all, have your family try them all, decide what you like, and then buy more from there. Listen, they're delicious, but they're also pretty darn good for you too. Each of them have at least 17 grams of protein and uh, under four grams of net carbs. Good and good for you. Go get yourself some. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. If you want to get in some bets ahead of game three, that's where you do it right there on betonline.ag. But you don't have to bet on basketball. If you want to, if you want to make basketball fandom and make gambling something else, well, they got a lot of something else for you. That's baseball games, the NHL playoffs, UFC and MMA, horse racing, television shows, you name it, it's available on BetOnline. So before the next pitch, before the next puck drops, before the ball tips off in game three, get on over to betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. The promo code is locked on, and you will get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Still a pass first point guard, still Mike Richmond. And you're still listening to Locked On Blazers. We're still chatting here with Harrison Wynn, Nuggets beat writer for DMVR. We got to talk about the way the Blazers have handled Nikola Jokic. I want sort of your take on the way the Blazers have approached guarding the league MVP. They are not going to double, which I'm, I think is cool, but they're going to guard him just straight up with guys that he I mean, I don't know that anyone not named Clint Capella does like a consistently good job against Nikola Jokic, but like they're going to guard him with guys that he can roast. What do you make of how they've approached guarding Denver's best player and the league MVP? So, I mean, in game one, it seemed like the right approach because Michael Porter went one of 10 from three. Right. Austin Rivers couldn't hit a three. I think he was like one of four, one or five. Yeah. Faku really wasn't efficient there. So like when the Nuggets role players aren't hitting threes, 
yeah, that's that's the right approach. And he only had one assist in game one. And that was obviously a big talking point to come out of it because he had had more than, than one assist in every single game this year. Right. But I can guarantee you Michael Porter's not going to go one of 10 from three again this series. Um, Austin Rivers seems like he's gaining confidence. Faku, I, I still am not confident in his three point shot, even though seems like he hits them when they matter. Yeah, he's a good spot up um, shooter. He can't shoot if he dribbles it's over, but like if he's right. if he's spotting up and he gets space, he can he's okay. Right. So I guess Portland's just kind of praying that the ball finds the wrong guy and you know, yeah, Jokic is going to get his, but they can trade twos for threes. Right. That's another thing. Like if Portland's trading a Jokic 2 for a Dame or CJ 3, that's their other formula. Totally. Um but also, you know, if Denver's shooting like they did last night, that's not going to work out for Portland. Totally. And 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 it's not like Denver is like a t- it's not like they're a low three-point team or a team that doesn't have I mean they don't have the shooters they used to have, certainly. Um, you know, with with their current roster, uh, you know, missing even just missing Will Barton changes just sort of another guy who could go who could shoot on the wing. Um, but it's not like they're it's not like they're the freaking Knicks or whatever. They're not going to you're not going to f- fool them into taking 14 threes in the game. They're going to yeah. they're going to put 38 up at least or, you know, I think they got close to 50 last night. Like it's um, <laughs> you're not going to just like beat them with math tricks. Uh, I, I think it like I don't think there's a better way for them to necessarily guard Jokic. Like I think they could send help selectively like late clock, but the dude is a savant. Like if you, if you consistently send him double teams and you consistently let him see the looks, he's going to pick it apart. And um, to me, it's really just about winning the sort of non Jokic minutes and not letting, not letting someone else go nuts. And I mean, I don't, it's, there's so only so much you can do against Michael Porter. He's a great bad shot maker. He's just, he's just gigantic and really good at making contested jumpers. So it's just like, are the Blazers sort of flipping a coin that Austin rivers makes one and not three threes every night? I, I kind of yeah. think that's their approach. And, um, this is a, you know, this is a team that improved from one of the worst defensive teams in the league to just merely a bottom 10 defense in the league. And it was a big improvement. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, they're still not very good. And I don't know, I don't know, like beyond, uh, <laughs> some, I don't, I don't know, like people just getting taller overnight, like if they have a good solution there. Yeah. I don't think they do. And the other problem that you run into, if you double Jokic, he's going to find, the open guy, but also Porter, Gordon, Faku, Monte, Monte Morris. These guys are such good cutters, right? They're so good at timing their cuts and their runs to go to the exact right spot at the exact right time where Jokic will find them. I mean, I think Michael Porter Jr. is just one of the more dangerous off ball players in the league. Uh, when Jokic is facing a double because he's six foot ten, he's got a huge catch radius. He's like Randy Moss, uh, and Nicole Jokic is um, uh, like Dante Culpepper or Randall Cunningham. He, Depending he on how find, old you are, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he can just find you know Porter wherever around the basket. Um, and, and those two really developed a nice chemistry this season in kind of that two man game. So yeah, if you double Yoke. Uh, Porter, Gordon, these guys are gonna are gonna know what to do and make you pay. Yeah, I'd I, like the Blazers. The the solution is that they need really good Nurk. Yeah, and, and Nurk was really good in Game One. Um, he you look at Jokic's box score, you know, 
MVP is going to MVP. Like he's going to be really good. But but you saw the resistance from Nurk. You saw he was just way better. Um, and he was terrible in game two. He sucked. Like he just got he he had just made some stupid fouls. He didn't finish. Like he had three and ones in game one. He couldn't finish anything. He was back to the Nurk who just flips up terrible layups in game two. Like it's as much as it's like adjustments and all those things. The Blazers have they don't have a ton of cards left to play in terms of how to guard the Nuggets best player. Uh, it's, it's two gentlemen. Um, it's not, it's like not like Harry Giles is coming off the bench to make it happen. So it's, it's, and it's really just Nurk. Uh, and this is like, you know, we can talk about adjustments and all these things and it quite literally might cost Terry Stotts his job, but like some of it is just players got to play better. Um, and I think like the Blazers, some of the Blazers solution is just like, they need Nurk to be really good. And, I don't know. He doesn't have like a super great track record of like high level consistency in, in big games. Uh, you know, he's uh, ever since happy summer, he's kind of been hit, hit or miss since then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, what happened kind of in, in game two, I don't feel like it was too surprising. that The nuggets won pretty easily because like, if you're a road team coming into a first round series, you just want to get one. Right. And I feel like when you get one, you're like, oh, all right, we got one. We're going back home. We we stole home court advantage. And even Dame said something like that after game one. He's like, yeah, your goal coming in uh, as the lower seed is just to get one and go back home 1-1. So I, I'm not surprised that like Denver won last night. But um, yeah, it's interesting because you feel like, like you said, Portland doesn't have a ton more cards to play. Yeah, I mean, like they can mix some stuff up with the second unit. They could probably be a little creative on how they get Dame open on offense. But it's like this game is going to come down to whether how many times they can get consecutive stops in close games, you know, and on in game two, they came away with or in game one, they came away with the plays they needed when it was a four point game with five minutes left. And then when it was an 11 point game with nine minutes left in game two, they got punked. <laughs> like uh, it's 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 a sort of it's going to come down to that. And it's like if you know, these games are going to be high scoring. Um, neither team like really locks the other team up, but the Blazers seem to have less options. I think is where, is where I've landed after two games before I get you out of here. What do you, what like concerns you from a sort of like, if you're from a Nuggets perspective, like what concerns you about Portland heading into game three? Um, like the, probably the number one thing I'm thinking about is like, yeah, Aaron Gordon really locked in on Damian Lillard. But like I said, I'm, I'm sure Portland's going to find a, a way to get around it, whether it's just more pick and roll or just finding ways to get Lillard off the ball. And like we saw in game one that Portland could just really break down Denver's defense and get to the paint and swing right. the ball and find open shooters. And Simons was hitting threes and Mello was hitting threes. And if Portland finds that level of comfort on the offensive end and just finds a rhythm and the Nuggets don't have a shooting performance like they did last night, that could spell trouble um, for Denver. And the other thing that I wouldn't say I'm worried about, but I'm always thinking about is like Nikola Jokic, the game was testy last night. It was physical. Nikola Jokic can lose his cool at times. Yeah, he definitely can with the officials, uh, particularly. And he he did for for a second last night and got teed up. Um, <laughs> like Michael Malone was like throwing him to the end of the bench. Like, dog, you got to get out of here. Like, we right. you are too important. Do not lose your cool. 
Poor Michael Malone tried his best. He yeah. really tried his best. Yeah, that's um, a seven feet two ninety. Like that's a big fool. That's a big fellow. Michael Malone's trying to push it, push down to the end of the bench. Yeah, D- Denver's sideline literally just tried to build a wall in, in front of Nikola Jokic to prevent him from getting that tee, but he he got it. So <laughs> I, I wonder, you know, if, if Portland and Nurkic would probably play a huge role in this. You know, tries to like get under his skin. Right. Try, tries tries to rattle him a little bit and and throw some cheap shots and, and be more physical. Um, because if you can't guard him, you know you, you gotta get it in his head in, in another way. So so you're picturing um, Dwight Howard is what you're picturing right now is the yeah, Dwight, is I mean, the Dwight Howard approach where it's like, well, we're having a lot of trouble with him. What if we just put a like a a bully on him? We'll just bully him for the opening six minutes of each half and like have a sacrificial five fouls to give away. Hey, it, it worked for the Lakers last year and it Dwight did. Howard. It really did. Um, so, I mean, it's it's really the only way you can stop him. The only way Nikola Jokic can be stopped if he himself is actually like in his own head and right. stopping himself, if, if that makes sense. Totally. I mean, he's. It, I think, honestly, we've seen it. We know how... Um, how good he can be. It's, it doesn't seem like the resistance is going to come from Portland and their plan might even just be that here it is. Like the way we're going to win is we're going to, we're going to stop anyone but him because we know we can't. Um, and I don't think Dwight Howard's, I think Dwight Howard's got another job. He's, he's, uh, he's busy (laughs) this week. So I don't think he's going to show up for game three. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. Like I'm with you. I think this, I think this series, as much as Denver looked really, really good in game two, I think this, I think these teams are relatively even considering uh, Denver's roster situation right now. Um, I'm looking forward to what kind of inappropriate things Zach Collins does on the bench. Um, I'm looking forward to, I wonder if Jamal Murray will travel to kind of continue the rivalry. I hope he does. Do you, is, do you know if he is? Uh, I'm not sure if he is. I'm, I'm guessing he will because he had ACL surgery a month ago mm-hmm. and the guy is already like during pregame warmups, he's like shooting threes. Yeah. And so, like working guys out. I saw him like fully yeah. dressed out, like, you know, getting, getting shots up with Paul Millsap. Yeah. I joked on Twitter. He's going to be dunking by uh, game four. There, but, I um, mean, he's hyped up. I feel bad for yeah. him because he's, I mean, he was such a joy in the playoffs last year. I wish we got to see him and he could talk shit on the court. Like he's capable of both playing basketball and talking shit. He doesn't have to choose one. He just, right now he just only is talking shit. And um, he's somehow him and Zach Collins have really, and, and Blazers assistant Nate Tibbetts have really become a rivalry. That's something special. Yeah. Everybody that's not playing in this series is just trying to insert themselves into the series <laughs> any way possible. But the, the exactly. thing I'm actually excited for to see in Portland, yeah. how much Faku Campasso gets just absolutely booed oh. by the Blazer fans. Because that's definitely happening. And oh, I don't blame he's you. He's persona non grata somehow. All he did was yeah. flop, y'all. He just fell over. And he got pushed hey, to fall Faku. over. Faku's the type of guy who you absolutely love him if he's on your team and you absolutely hate him if oh, yeah. you're playing against him. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like <laughs> it's like if he was if he was um a blazer, he would be every dad's favorite player. There'd be like ten thousand composo jerseys in the stands, you know, because he goes hard and he doesn't take no shit and all the, and, and he's a flashy passer and all these things. But now that he's on the other team, it's like I'll take him to jail. When I see him, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to arrest that man for what he did, his crime of getting a flagrant foul called on C.J. McCollum. Yeah. Um, well, I'm looking forward to three overtimes, four overtimes. Um, I'm looking forward to Nikola Jokic playing 65 minutes again because uh, the last time I believe I saw him, 
he that's that's what happened. No, it was game five, I guess, the last time I saw him. Um, but Harrison, thanks so much. Uh, my dearest listeners, make sure that you check out uh, Harrison's work at the dnvr.com. Right now, you you can subscribe. You for fifty cents for your first month, you'll get the best nuggets content on the internet straight up like that you're not going to find better and more thorough analysis of of nuggets content and if you're into other denver sports they got a shit ton of that too so uh, make sure you check out the dnvr.com harrison thank you so much for joining us i really appreciate it yeah thanks for having me mike tell your friends about this podcast tell them they can get it wherever they already get podcasts just search lockdown blazers will be there waiting for you tomorrow's show is going to be a mailbag show if you got a mailbag question at mike g rich on twitter or email me locked on at gmail.com game three is thursday night it's going to be a ton of fun thanks for listening talk to you soon